ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So, love if, you, it. so if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can email us using the email address mm-hmm. ignition at sfcatholic.org. You can also tweet at us using the Twitter handle at SFDiocese and the hashtag Ignition. Great. So, Father, why don't we start off, if some, in case somebody um, hasn't ever listened to Ignition before, mm-hmm. who are you? I'm a uh, son of the Eternal Father uh, through the waters of holy baptism, uh, adopted by grace, forgiven of my sins, uh, sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of confirmation, fed by the life-giving body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and ordained uh, as a minister of Holy Church with hands uh, anointed with chrism uh, for the sake of the sanctification of the people of God, uh, not to my own benefit, uh, but for the benefit of the church at large. What's your name again? <laughs> Father Andrew Dickinson. Oh, yeah. I am the <laughs> pastor of St. Paul's in White and the director of Pope Pius XII Newman Center. Be, be careful what you ask for, listeners. <laughs> I love giving $5 answers to 50-cent questions. Who are you? I'm Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Great. Uh, Jermaine's husband for 17 and a half years. Lucky guy. And with her parents to our five kids. Blessed father. Yes. Yeah. I think bless me, Father, for having sin, but it's different. Blessed. Yes. So, um, Father, one of the things that you and I do on a, a pretty regular basis um, is provide an introduction at, to the books of the Bible. And uh, we're making our way through the New Testament. We thought it'd be better to start there. Father Dickinson. Quibble. You said periodically we do this. Yeah. But purposely we do this. This isn't haphazard. This was a purposeful desire on our part to go through the books of the New Testament. That's like when I said occasional. You quibble occasional. I proved to be right. I'm, and similarly in this case, I'm like, so I have to retract what I said in the last episode, how you're always right, because now this is at least twice where you've been wrong. Periodically does not mean haphazardly. It means not all the time on a, on a periodic basis. It's a regular cycle. See, this is where we I'm, need the I'm, camera. I'm a stubborn. Yeah, I, I know, but you have I'm no, just sitting but you have no right response, now. which means that you know I'm right. Just because I don't have a response doesn't mean <laughs> that you're right. I know, but usually when you, when, never mind. Okay. So every now and then we talk about the Bible. <laughs> um, periodically, actually. Um, so we, we have made our way Almost, Father, through um, the end of the New Testament. We only have a handful of books to go. Can wow. you believe it? Wow. It's been a wild ride. It's been <laughs> Indeed. Indeed we do. So last month, we gave a little introduction to the first letter of St. Peter. And so fittingly, uh, we are going to this month talk about the second letter of St. Peter. Oddly enough. How about so wait, that? So we started with the first, and now we're going to the... Second. Okay, okay. I know. Slow down. Slow down. Were these periodic publications by St. Peter? <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> by the way, um, happy early Memorial Day weekend. Hey, thank you very much. You betcha. Um, 
So and with your spirit. Yep. Um, as we always do, we're just gonna go some of the the nuts and bolts of the the second letter of Saint Peter. Um, uh, the thing we want you to remember above all is read it. Read it. Um, this is just an introduction, maybe a few interesting facts, maybe some things you hadn't considered before, but in the end, uh, we, we implore you do not take, do not allow our weak attempt to introduce you to the text to substitute for our close prayerful reading of the text. Can't beat that. Um, it's not that long. Yeah. You could easily read it within an hour, um, even at a, at a slow, slow pace, um, so please, 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 at some point before too long, once you've listened to this episode, um, read with prayer the second letter of St. Peter. Um, so again, as I've said for several episodes in this series, much of our source material, uh, for the nuts and bolts at least, comes from the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, New Testament, um, which is authored by Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch. A fantastic one-stop shop for New Testament commentary. So if if, uh, if you're um, not much of a reader or not interested in getting deeply into scripture commentary and so on, which is fine, um, but we do encourage you to read it and to read it with a helpful commentary is very beneficial. And Father, to me, this is this is one of the best one-volume New Testament commentaries available. Would you agree? I do not own it. You, have you ever seen it before? Uh, in your You've hands. seen mine. It's really yes. good. It's really good. I, for some reason, out. I thought you. It's down there. Okay. It's yeah. Um, he brought the big, you know, there books to <laughs> the, the recording books. studio, but then they're yeah. not up there. So I'm just kind of yeah. I wonder where is it. Oh. Um. So let's dive. He in. periodically consults them. Here we go. Word of the day. That's I, th- th- this has to be titled an introduction to the second letter of Saint Peter. But if I could retitle it somehow, it'd be periodically. You could also retitle it as the second periodical published by Saint Peter, or just this. Yes. Yes, like I thought you could say, say a periodical level, but you st- you stopped me. I worked in a library once. Do you know that? No. High school in high school at our at our local li- library. It wasn't technically well, it was a public library because it was open to the public, but it wasn't funded. Never mind. Tell let's talk about the second letter of Saint Peter, Father. <laughs> sure. Who wrote the second letter of Saint Peter, Father? Uh, it claims to be Saint Peter. Right. So yeah. the the letter uh, the way it's written, it it claims that was. That Peter wrote it. Um, this is Father. You and I have talked regularly. We we always get into this with questions of authorship. Um, that he, <laughs> this this is why we don't do a video um, of our show because right now Father's um, we're just stretching out. It's not bench pressing the air. I'm but just stretching out. <laughs> uh, if you listened to last episode, this is the crash. That, uh, that yes. we, we predicted yes. coming. It usually happens in the third one that we record for it. Yeah, here we go. Then I usually rally for the fourth one. So we're going to push through. Yes. Um, m- many of the documents of the New Testament, the authorship, the traditional authorship has been questioned by modern scholars. This, with the second Who letter- just love say, to question. They do. Uh, the, the second, second Peter is one of those more unique uh, documents uh, in which- there was actually questioning not only in modern times, but even in the early centuries of the church. Yeah, and while there was questioning in the early church, it doesn't um, negate the fact that modern biblical scholars are a lot like uh, inquisitive six-year-olds. Uh-huh. Why? 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 Not, not, dear listeners. Hmm. 
Why? Yes. That's one thing. But what father just said. Or like a bratty teenager. Why? Why? Why do I have to do that? That's different. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to understand the mindset of a modern, of many. Yes, not all. Not all. Modern biblical scholars. Why? Why? Yeah. Why do I have to do this? Why do we believe that? That's stupid. Because the Bible tells me so. I don't believe what it says. Well, that's how we've always done it. So I don't want to. So the, church- the Bible says it because the Bible says right here, Simon Peter, a slave of Jesus Christ, an apostle, writes to you. So, so, what's your point? Oh boy, we're really getting snarky here. Let's quit I it. Know. Let's quit I'm it. Sorry. Let's quit it. Um, it's the pancakes. The, <laughs> listen to the last episode for the pancake ex- explanation. Yes, um, that'd be three twelve. This is three thirteen. Yes, 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 yes. So. The author claims to Peter, early centuries of the church, there's some question about it, but the thing I want to emphasize, the church has always regarded it as canonical. So while there may have been individuals who questioned, when lists were, when the church came to decide whether or not- This which, is scripture? This, the answer was yes. Yes. And which gets, I mean, and if I am argumentative or snarky, or what was the word we used? Snarky, I said. Snarky about uh, certain modern biblical scholars. It's precisely because it seems as if they want to cast doubt on authorship precisely to mm. cast doubt on canonicity yep. and its authoritative power on the Christian's life in the modern world. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Right. Because their aim, many modern scripture scholars' aim, is to divorce uh, traditional Christian morality from biblical roots. Not just morality, just theology. I mean, the idea that Jesus is God. The fundamental claim that Jesus is God. There are far too many uh, modern scripture scholars who say, well, that's not really, no, that's, where do you get that? That's not. Yeah. So, 2 Peter, um, the church is- But let's not worry about the haters. Yeah. The dream breakers. Let's go to the dream makers. (laughs) Second Peter has always been regarded as canonical whenever questions have arose, risen in the church in that regard. I want to point out, even though there, there have been multiple documents in the early church which claimed to have Peter as their author, all but two of them were rejected by the right. church. In her wisdom. Yep. So there is still, there has always been a good case to be made for Petrine authorship. The reason, one of the, one of the fundamental reasons why there's disputes, um, questioning even in the early church about Second Peter's Petrine authorship is because it, it differs in style from the first letter of St. Peter. And so people uh, in, in the early days, like today, have looked at that and said, well, maybe there were different authors. But Father, I think there's a better or a, a simpler explanation. I think there could be two simpler explanations. Okay. The one you have listed, which is that there was a different secretary right so a scribe someone who's writing these things down and so saint peter's talking and dictating they might be writing it with a little bit of translation into their own language yep second thing for me is i mean do you ever listen to like two of our podcasts back to back and there's sometimes we have moods right right, right? and I mean, the mood influences the way that we're talking the way that we're speaking yep. what's going on in that way and and so why wouldn't that affect someone's letter writing yep Yep, could very well be yeah. same person who literally wrote it. They just had a different purpose. And artists, like painters. We talk about um, uh, Van Gogh's Blue Period. I do all the time. Right. Uh, but d- different artists will have different moments of inspiration and style. Sure. You know, and maybe Zane Beater and that. Right, right. Why not? Yep. 
and the other th- so there are differences but there are also similarities as Correct. there would be between one artist one period in their uh, life versus another um, there might be differences but there's also similarities so again as always we don't want to dwell uh, too much on questions of authorship because in the end the church is uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit um, affirmed that it's inspired and that's what matters right at the end of the day so um question of when it was written well if you before listened, he died <laughs> yeah saint peter wrote this document before he died um probably actually in the final years of his life um when we talked about um first peter um the theories have it written in the early 60s peter died in the mid 60s so it's safe to say that second peter was written between the early 60s and the mid 60s crazy question though is there anything in uh first or second peter that makes us think they have to have been written in that order uh, uh second peter references first peter okay yes does it reference first peter specifically or does it reference something that could be in first peter does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but but wouldn't that mean that it was written? So just because it says like in another, he could say I wrote another letter to you, but could there be another letter? Like because I mean like uh, there could be like a, Second Peter could actually be Third Peter, and there could be a Second Peter that was never known or never became canonical scripture. There, there uh, never yeah. will be. Um, so maybe he's referencing that other letter. That's tr- you are. That's true. But but also then he could be referencing something that came before. Second Peter, right? Yes. And Second Peter could still be before First Peter. Yes. Okay. You're right. That, that's what you wanted to hear, wasn't it? You're right, Father. It's a possibility. <sighs> but you, you don't know whether he specifically references a specific passion. passion You're right. I don't. Yeah. Okay. No, no, be, I, know, I wasn't trying to be right. No, I, I didn't know. And so, isn't it awkward when radio hosts fight? It's, you know, Mike and Mike are breaking up. Did you hear that? No. Yeah. Mike really? ESPN radio morning show, Mike and Mike in the morning. Well, ESPN just fired a lot of people. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. But they announced back in January, actually, that Mike Greenberg is going to be getting his own TV and radio show. Oh. Where Mike Golick is going to, I think, going to stay on the radio, but he's going to have to get a, have a new, they're going to give him a new, new, new co-host. He's got a face made for radio. Mike Golick, God bless him. Don't we all? Well, not all of us. Um, he's not the only one. Yes. So, um, who knows? Father and I might be breaking up at some point too. How, how did we get in this joke? I don't know. <laughs> I never know the rabbit holes. How we get there? Um, written mid sixties, mid sixties, or by the mid sixties, and likely after Second Peter. But Thank we don't you. know absolutely. Pro- it doesn't really matter whether or not it was. Probably written from Rome because if it was written after First Peter, he was still imprisoned. Yep. but not yet martyred. Because hard to write after you've been martyred. It is indeed. And who is he writing to? Oh. Probably the same readers as First Peter. Again, presuming Second Peter was written after First Peter, because uh, chapter three, verse one indicates the same readership. Although, I mean, he could have like kind of dictated it, but then maybe it wasn't actually <laughs> physically written after his death. Yes. You right? Yes. We yes. 
You're listening to a radio show, a broadcast for the new evangelization. Uh, Father Dickinson is across Yo. the table from me. I'm Chris Bergwald, and this is a theoretically uh, broadcast to uh, help you grow deep in your own faith and invite others to live it as well. Father and I are talking today about the second letter of St. Peter. If you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got questions about the or, uh, um, order in which first and second Peter were written, <laughs> uh, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Yes, Father, you had something to say. Uh, no, well, actually, it was, it was a silly question about periodicals. <laughs> What's your silly question about periodicals, Father? Well, so do periodicals then imply that there's a set period that goes in between the issuance of them? Yes. Okay. So it might be a monthly, could be a quarterly, could be bi-monthly. Okay. Could be semi-monthly. Right. Because like, I, so I wouldn't say that I treat tweet on a periodic basis. Correct. Because it's kind of haphazard yes. and like, yes. you know, the, sometimes there's nothing, sometimes there's too many things. Right. Right. Okay. But this is a periodic. Uh, well, that series. goes to my question, though. You don't think it's. Okay, it's not literally every four weeks, but every time we record. Oh, I got the. Oh, interesting luck right there. Because it's not literally every four weeks. <sighs> and this isn't oh. any way of, or sense of like how I quibbled with you the first time I quibbled with you on this. But. Yeah. It's still occasional. It's, I'll stand, I'm, I'm going to stand. I might be giving you this one, but occasional because you gave me occasional. So. Okay. All right. So Second Peter, um, with with sort of everything we've just discussed out of the way, uh, let's get down to some of the more substance of of the text. Which let's get is down to brass text. The themes and characteristics. What Peter's up to, and then um, some of our many notable passages um, for this this particular letter. Yeah. Um. Themes and characteristics. So um, at this point, w- w- when you read the, the document through, we see um, that uh, people, enemies of the faith, are infiltrating the missionary churches with error. And they're, and they're challenging orthodoxy. So the way that <clears throat> Hannah Mitch put it, deceivers and scoffers <laughs> are making their way in. Uh, and so Peter responds to these attacks by attacking um, the claims made by these false prophets, but also criticizing their way of life, their conduct. Um, it doesn't match with, it doesn't correspond to how an authentic prophet, an authentic Christian, an authentic disciple would would live. Um, and Peter also, um, in addition to attacking false prophets, seeks to equip those who will read his letter, and that includes you and I today, he seeks to equip them and us um, against these errors and other errors by encouraging us to understand and embrace apostolic doctrine and to grow in virtue. So again, to understand and embrace truth, doctrine, and to grow in virtue. So Father, I think that's important because the problem that Peter and the church faced in the um, second half of the first century continues today. Right. Uh, there are people who, um, whatever their intentions, um, are teaching error uh, in terms of what authentic Christianity is, authentic Catholicism is. Um, and while we, we can pay attention to their claims and we should refute them, a, a powerful way for us to... Um, 
um, inoculate ourselves against their errors is to grow in our understanding of the truth ourselves. Right. Yeah. And uh, because then, because then you're standing on your own ground, so to speak, you're not just standing on the ground of the authority of someone else Yep. in that regard. That's that good question of why Yep. that we're talking about, not the kind of petulant adolescent, well, why, but more of like, why? Help me understand this so I can stand on this myself, grasp myself. I'm intrigued by this. Yep. Um, which is part of the maturing of all Christians, which is part of even our responsibility uh, for our confirmation. Yep. Is to become that uh, soldier for Christ. Yep. Uh, back when, uh, uh, is it still an option that you, you can, the bishop can like slap? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I've been really, the, the times I've been, received bishop's permission to do confirmations, I've been tempted to do that. But by your phraseology, I, I take it that you haven't. I don't think I have. Yeah. I don't think I have. I don't do a lot of confirmations, but I just don't remember whether I have or haven't. Yeah. And so I think I'd like to. I just never think about it in the moment. I'm reminded here, Father, of something that Peter wrote in his first letter. Always be prepared to give an account for right. the hope that lies within you, right. or defense. So for us to be able to to grow, again, ask the question, well, why? Why do we believe what we believe? But for both you and I, that's been instrumental in our own journey to what mm-hmm. we're, we're who we are today. And also because the faith, it's interesting because there's an interesting dynamic here. This is coming from Peter, the first pope. Yep. And so he is encouraging this idea, uh, first of all, of, dis- of uh, knowing what is good, what is not. And he's setting some of the boundaries, right? So exercising his Petrine authority, Petrine ministry, in this way to claim, you know, what are the authorities, what are the boundaries? But secondly, it's not just a matter of, matter of blind obedience. Right. Uh, that every word that comes from the mouth of the Pope is gold. He's getting standards of what it means to uh, know the truth, the veridity, uh, the authenticity of our Christianity based on the biblical teachings of Christ right, right. in that regard. So that's a really kind of fascinating thing. You even have that fun little passage at the end where he kind of warns about the writings of St. Paul. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's really, this is inspired scripture, which yeah. is the fascinating thing here. I mean, ultimately, God is the common author of Paul's letters and Peter's letters. Um, so Peter says that there are some things in uh, our brother Paul's letters that that the ignorant twist to their own destruction. Right, right. And consider the patience of our, uh, of our Lord as salvation, as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, also wrote to you. Speaking of these things, as he does in all his letters, in them, there are some things hard to understand that the ignorant and unstable distort to their own destruction, just as they do the other scriptures. That'd be Second uh, Peter three fifteen and 16. So just interesting there that even, um, even in Peter's day, this is obviously the, still the apostolic era, you had people taking the, the brand spanking new hot off the presses scripture and misinterpreting it and twisting it. Giving it a tweak. Yep. Yep. Um, so so for me, again, Father, I think that the importance Peter emphasizes, you know, you and I have talked in a couple episodes ago, we talked about focus. Um, yes. The, the campus uh, ministry present at South Dakota State uh, and, and other places around our diocese and around the country. Um, and, and the important work they're doing in introducing um, many young Catholics and others to Jesus Christ, a per, the importance of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But that's just the beginning. It's not enough to just be satisfied, if you will, with, well, I, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, that's essential, but it's insufficient as well. Essential, but insufficient. 
Because in order for us to continue to grow in discipleship, I I do have to get to know him more. And the, to do that, I have to learn more about him. Right. You and I in that episode talked about how it's not enough to know about, we have to know. Correct. But the, also, the opposite is also true. In order to know, I need to know about. Right. They both they, they go hand in hand. Well, one of them isn't sufficient in of itself, but they must go hand in hand. We've also talked about that, I think, in terms of the dual aspects of faith. Yeah. Faith is both the knowledge of the content of the teachings as well as it is a trust in yep. the person of God. Exactly. Yep. So, so for me, the, the point here that, that Peter's making, which is true today, uh, like so many other things in the letter, of course, but we have to continue to grow in our understanding of our faith in the sense of, of content. Um, what do you think, Father? Anywhere to, go, anywhere to go in particular from there? Um, well, I, I, I think especially uh, with this idea of um, one point you highlighted yeah. uh, in uh, the first chapter of Second uh, Peter, verse 4, where he's kind of really giving kind of a mission of for his letter. Uh, the verse reads, uh, Through these, the divine power and the manifestation of the life of Jesus, he has bestowed on us the precious and very great promises so that through them you may come to share in the divine nature after escaping from the corruption that is in the world and because of evil desire. So to become a, a sharer in divine nature is the goal of the Christian life, this idea of the purpose of our Christian life, the story of our Christian life. And that's uh, a small point, you might say, but it's a big point. Right. I think a lot of times when you think about what does it mean to be a Christian, there are a lot of right and true ways to answer that. Um, what is the basic gospel message? There are a lot of right and true ways to answer that. But one that gets neglected, I think, is exactly this one, which is the ultimate point, that we would become sharers or partakers in the divine nature, that we would become, as we did at our baptism, the sons and daughters of our Father, that that is the good news that Jesus Christ came to share. Yes, save us from our sins, yeah. but for what? Right. For divine Sonship. Right. And what is divine sonship? You know, uh, to be a part, is it just to sit on a sofa all day? Uh, no, it's to be a partaker in uh, the, the work of God, both in uh, the work we were created for, that being creators or participants in God's own act of creation, uh, and also of generation of life. Right. Whether in the family and also spiritual life by inviting others to that life in Christ. Yeah, we were create Adam and Eve were created to to uh, to to keep the garden and to till it, to cultivate that uh, the the garden, and that's true really for us. Generally speaking, I'm not a gardener. Right. You're not a gardener, right. uh, but we I are try called, and always fail. <laughs> but we are called to to build something out of the creation that God has given us. Uh, that's our purpose, to, to be creative. We receive everything we have from God, but then we are called to build something out of that and to be uh, co-workers with him in building up his kingdom. Yeah. And uh, and that's what gives excitement and zest to the Christian life, and that also defends us uh, from some of these attracting false, attractive false teachings, right? Uh, so often, like, temptations to sin come through boredom. Right, right. Because I'm not living out my purpose, and what I need to do is put my nose back down to whatever is the purpose of my day. My responsibility is to God and my neighbor. Uh, something as simple as the making of my bed uh, can also oftentimes lead me away from that path of temptation. Amen. So that's our introduction to Second Peter, and that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese using the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones.
And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.